so great that you're with us and we're so excited because today we're starting the 40 days of purpose. What do you reckon about that? Woo! <laughs> and it's great that you're here, especially if you're here for the first time and you're just beginning to join us uh, for these next 40 days, that you're, you're concerned about wanting to know God's purpose for your life and we want to say welcome. Welcome if it's your first time or welcome if you've been here a hundred times. We just hope that this morning you'll be able to experience and know more about God and his purposes for you. So it's great that you're here. We just want to share just a, a, a few things just before we begin, just to let you know that Cliff Pratt um, passed away on Monday and we had his funeral yesterday and it was a great time for us just to celebrate and give thanks for his life. Also want to let you know that Don Thompson's son, Anthony, passed away this week and he is just 42 years old. So we just want to let you know, Don, that we're... Um, we're thinking of you and we're praying for you at this time too. Why don't you take out from your news sheet inside, you'll see there's a actual sort of sermon guide today. And if you have that in front of you, and some of you may not have had pencils, so we've thought of that. And right now people are coming down with pencils. If you don't have a pencil, just put up your hand and you'll get one right now. So hands up if you don't have any pencils. And that's great. So this morning, we're going to be looking together at answering this question. What on earth am I here for? And as you get your pencils, that's great. Just want to remind you while your pencils are coming out that today starts the 40 days of purpose. And you'll be getting a book if you've registered already. You would have already had that. You get key rings. You'll become part of a small group um, during the week, a host home. And uh, we're looking forward to all that's happening. Hopefully you're already registered. But if you're not, at the end of the service today, you'll have opportunity to register and join a group today. That's great. So hands are still up and people are still going. And if, if you are here, we'd love you to just move, to the, move into the middle more. There are more people coming and wanting to fit in. There's seats down the front too, so that's great as well. Okay. Just a couple more pencils down the front. If someone can grab a few and bring them down, that's fantastic. And then we'll get on with the next part. Here you go. Do you want to pass that just behind you? Oh, there we go. Good. All right, let's begin. Today we're going to be asking, looking at the question, why on earth am I here for? And I wonder if you have your outlines in front of you. Um, we're going to be looking at three of the greatest questions you could ever ask yourselves. We're going to be looking at the first question, which is the question of my existence. Why am I alive? The question of significance. Does my life really matter here? And the question of intention, what's my, in purpose, my purpose? Now the first question, the question of existence, why am I alive? This is not exactly a new question. In fact, it's been asked for a long, long time. Jeremiah wrote in Jeremiah 20 verse 18, why was I born? Was it only to have trouble and sorrow and to end my life in disgrace? Now, there's probably times in your life when you've felt that way too. You know, maybe you've asked yourself, was I born just to have a bunch of problems, one after the other? Was I born to uh, just have heartache day after day while I'm on this earth? Grief and stress. Um, Arthur Ashley Brilliant says, my life is a superb cast, but I just can't figure out the plot. <laughs> and Jack Hanley wrote, I hope life isn't a great joke because I don't get it. You see, we're trying to find out the answer to the question of existence. Why am I alive? And many people go to many, many, different, um, go to many different places for the answers. So some people actually take uh, what's known as the mystical approach. It says if you look within yourself, you'll find your purpose within. It sort of says that if you really worked, all of us would be able to know our purpose just by looking inside ourselves. And I'm sure 
Many of you have tried that. I have. And I bet that uh, every one of us at some times have tried to look within for the answer. But you can't find it there because the answer to life's purpose isn't found within. You know, Oprah Winfrey had a whole um, program dedicated to finding our life's purpose. And she said at the start, today we're going to be looking at what our purpose in life is, is all about. And at the end of the first break, she said, don't go away. After the break, we're going to tell you what your purpose on life, in life is. And then the next to the end break, she said, stay tuned. After this next break, we're going to tell you what the purpose of life is all about. And at the end of the program, as the credits rolled down the screen, she came up to the side and she said, now, don't forget, you've got to figure it out by yourself. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Oprah. You know, we could have uh, wasted, we wasted a whole hour. You don't know what it is. You're just saying, look to yourself and it doesn't work at all looking internal. So other people would try the mystical approach. This is uh, kind of, um, well, that's what we've just talked about, the mystical approach. Other people try what's called a self-help approach. You know, if you go into any bookstore today, you can find hundreds and hundreds of books aimed at talking about your own purposes in life. They're going to help you find it. They're going to help you understand what it is. And they're basically all saying the same thing, these self-help books. They're saying you've got to create your own purpose in life. You've got to make it up yourself, create it yourself. And then some of the ways they tell you that once you've created this purpose, you've got to do these things. You've got to discover your dreams. You've got to go after your goals. You've got to have some real ambition in life. You've got to aim high, believe you can achieve, have faith, figure out what you're good at, never give up, get other people, involve other people as many as you can and just go for it. You know, now, this is good advice and if you follow those things, they will actually help you be a success in life. But, you know, being successful doesn't really help us know what our purpose in life is. You see, because success, being a person of success and being someone who knows your purpose are two completely different things because there are many people that are successful but they have no idea about the answer to the question of why on earth am I here for? Why did God put me on this planet? You see, the answer to that question is far greater than your own personal fulfilment. It's even greater than your own happiness. It's even greater than your own peace of mind because you were made by God and you were made for God. You know, there's another approach that many people try, and it's, uh, it's one that's the philosophical approach. And there's a man who's called, named Dr. Hugh Moorhead, and he's the chairman of the Department of Philosophy at Northeastern University in America. And what he did was he once wrote to 250 of the most well-known philosophers, scientists, writers, and intellectuals, and he found the 250 of the most renowned in the world and he wrote to each one of them and he asked them to tell him what the purpose of life is. And then he published their results in a book. And the book is a real discouraging and depressing book to read. Some of the uh, responses that people gave, they admitted they were just having their best guess at what the purpose of life is all about. Some people admitted that they made it up. Others said that they didn't know at all what the purpose in life was and that if Dr. Moorhead found out from asking all these other people, could he write to them and let them know because they needed to find it out themselves. Um, the, Carl Jung, the famous psychiatrist, said, I don't know the meaning of the purpose of life, but it looks as if there was something meant by it. Now that's deep, Carl. Uh, there's uh, Isaac Isimov, who's the famous science fiction writer. He wrote, as far as I can see, there is no purpose. And Joseph Taylor, who's an author, wrote back and he said, I have no answers to the meaning of life and I no longer want to search for any. You know, those are real tragic statements because life without purpose isn't a life worth living. It's no coincidence that the suicide rate in Australia amongst young people and, and, and middle-aged males is, is so high. 
You see, if you take God out of the equation in life, you have really no alternatives. Life without meaning is almost unbearable. You can try the mystical approach. You can try the self-help approach. You can try the philosophical approach. But you know, you won't find the answers there because you were made by God and you were made for God and you were put here for his purposes. You were put here for his purposes. And until you understand that, life just isn't going to make sense. And just a couple of weeks ago on Everybody Loved Raymond, they were trying to figure out together um, some, of, some of the questions. But Raymond uh, came talking to his own daughter. And, you know, she had some questions. And he thought she just wanted to know about the birds and the bees. And uh, what she was really wanting to answer was this very question we're asking him today. Let's take a look at Everybody Loves Raymond, see what happened there. Allie? Hey. Hi, Daddy. Hi. What you doing? Just playing with my dolls. Oh, good. Good. Listen, um, the other day you, you asked questions about babies and stuff. When you started sneezing? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, anyway, I was wondering if you wanted to talk about that now. Okay. Good. Good. Okay. Let me try to explain a few things. All right. Okay. Here's what happens. When a man and a woman love each other very much, they get married. And then sometimes they decide to make a baby. Why are there babies? Right, right. Okay, I'm going to get to that. Okay. What a man and a woman do is... No, I mean, I know that the man and the woman have to do something, but why are we born? Why has God put us here? Because that's what? If we all go to heaven when we die, then why does God want us here first? <laughs> um, why does God want us here? Yeah, I heard you. I heard you. <laughs> you don't want to talk about sex? <laughs> you, ever, you ever hear the word fallopian? <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, you really want to know why God wants us here first? That's a good question. You see... God is up in heaven, and, well, honey, it's very crowded up there. <laughs> it is? Y yeah, yeah. And, and you don't want to be in heaven if it's crowded, right? I mean, remember when we went to Disney World, how crowded that was? Huh? I mean, it was fun, but it was too crowded, right? So God, he sends us down to earth for a little while to ease the heavenly congestion. I don't want you to catch this. I don't want you to... Oh, 
you. I'll be back in a minute. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So why does God want us here? Why are we alive? Why are we on this planet? Is there any reasons? Is there a purpose? Well, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 16:4, the Lord has made everything for his own purposes. Would you circle everything on your outline there? Just circle that word, everything. Everything is made for his purposes. Now, God never made anything at all that doesn't have a purpose. He, he never made an animal, a rock, a plant, nothing at all without a purpose. And if you're here, if you're alive today, then you have a purpose. God made you for a purpose. And if you want to know if God has a purpose for your life, the best way to find out is just to see if your heart's beating. Because if you're alive this morning, God has a purpose for your life. And God still has a point for you being here on earth if you're still alive today. The truth is that God doesn't have just one purpose. He has five purposes for your life. And we're going to be looking over the next 40 days at God's five purposes for your life. The reason God put you here on this planet. Today, though, I just want us to see God's motive. Look at this verse, Ephesians 1 and verse 4. Why don't you read it with me? Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind and settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. I wonder if you could circle the phrase, the focus of his love. Because if you don't get anything out of this morning's message as we start the 40 days, I want you to know this, that God wants made you to love you. He wants you to understand that he made you to love you. You might want to write that down. God's, God says to me and to you that I was created to be loved by God. God is love and God wanted to create something, so he created you. He created you, even though he didn't need you, but he created you because he wanted to love you. God wasn't lonely, but he created you so that he could love you. And before we talk about anything else, you've got to understand that what you're on earth for is to be loved by God. Now, God knows who you are. He loves you. And he knows your name this morning. He created you to love you. We're going to sing together. So you were created to be loved by God. The second question of life is, a, is the question of significance. It's saying, does my life really matter? Does my life matter? Isaiah asked this question in Isaiah 49 and verse 4. He said, my work all seems so useless. I've spent my strength for nothing and for no purpose at all. You know, you were made for meaning. And if you don't have meaning and purpose in your life, if you don't know why God put you here on earth, then your life just doesn't make sense. During World War II, there were prisoners in a Nazi concentration camp in Hungary, and they were processing human sewage in a factory. And uh, they were working each day in this factory, and then the Allies came and they bombed the factory and just reduced it to a whole pile of rubble. So the soldiers didn't have uh, any work for the people to do anymore. So they decided that they, what they would do is they would get the, the, the uh, prisoners to pick up the rubble and move it to another uh, field. So they did this. They moved all the rubble over to the other field. And when that was finished, the soldiers uh, told the prisoners again, well, we want you to move the rubble now back to the field where it was before. 
And then when they got back there, they asked them to move it back to the other field again. And this went on and on. No meaning to their work. No purpose at all in what they were doing. Just the same old thing over and over again. And a very extraordinary thing started to happen. Because these prisoners had no meaning in their life, they, some of them started to go crazy. Some of them started to even uh, throw themselves in front of the soldiers, uh, wanting to be killed, virtually committing suicide, because living a life for them without meaning was worse than living itself. You were made to live a life of meaning. You were made for meaning. Now, you're going to live your life at three levels. Uh, the first level that you might live your life is one that's called survival level. Um, here, the survival level is really where uh, most people live today. Uh, most people are just trying to survive uh, throughout their life, trying to get by uh, on what they have, trying to get enough food to live, trying to get enough uh, water and all that to survive. There are some people that are just existing for the weekends. They're just enduring every weekday and they're trying to survive till the weekend. Many people live at survival level. Uh, the step up from that is the second level, which is called, rather than the survival level, the success level. And to be quite honest, many of you live in the success level. Here, this, by the world's standards, you and I have got it made. Uh, we've got far more than so many other people right throughout the world. You know, we have a, a, a comfortable living compared to so many others. We're extremely wealthy compared to the rest of the world. Some of you have lots of possessions. Some of you have freedom to do what you like. You have good health. You may have prestige and, and some of you are really quite successful in what you do. But today, there's a lot of books that are coming out and they're saying things like this. this if I'm so successful... How come I don't feel so fulfilled? The reason is that it takes more than success to satisfy. It takes more than status to satisfy. You need meaning. You go to a third level, not the survival, not the success, but the next level up is a level called significance. And it's not survival, not success, significance is, is the third step. And how do you live at the significance level? Well, there are three things that happen there. You know the meaning of life. That gives you significance. You know how much you matter to God. And that gives you significance. And you know God's purposes for your life and you're living them out. And that gives your life significance. If you want to know how much you matter to God, look at the next couple of verses from the Bible there on your outline. God says, I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. God was caring for you even in his mind before you were even born. Even as he thought you up, he was caring before you even came into existence. The next verse says, you, and that's talking about God, scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. That's how much you matter to God. He paid so much attention to your life that every detail was recorded in his book before you even took a breath. He made you to love you. And the Bible says that you do matter to him. He sees everything in your life, the good, the bad, and everything even in between. You really matter to God. Everybody Love Raymond continues on. And uh, they start to talk about whether our lives have any more meaning in it than the fruit fly, which just lives for 24 hours. Let's... Uh, Watch everybody love Raymond again. Do you know the fruit fly only lives one day? Huh? <laughs> 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 what did you okay there? One day. 
What's his meaning of life, huh? Maybe there's no meaning of life for any one of us. I mean, really, am I any different than the fruit fly? The fruit part's the same. Robert, the fruit fly doesn't question why he's here, and that's what makes us different. And I don't know, maybe that's kind of the meaning of life. Never knowing the answer, but always wondering about it. So, so God made it smart enough to know that there's an answer, but not smart enough to figure it out? Come on! <laughs> so the question is, is God playing games with us? Is he just uh, intentionally trying to confuse you and I? Does he keep us in the dark so that we don't really know why we're here and what we're here for and what our meaning is? Is that what God's doing? The answer is no, not at all. God wants you to know that you matter to him. God wants you to know the meaning of, of life. He really does. He wants you to know his purposes. And he's done so much to help you actually learn those purposes. And if you just stick with us for the next 40 days, we're going to spend those 40 days looking at what those purposes are. That's what it's all about, this whole 40 days. We're going to be trying to understand them. And, you know, God has extremely long-range plans for you. He's got far more than just those 24 hours of the fruit fly for you. Look at this verse. His plans endure forever. His purposes last eternally. How long do his plans endure Forever. How long does his purposes last? Eternally. That's a long, long time. Now, what we're going to be talking about over the next 40 days is, is not just a short-term thing. The, the purposes that we're going to look at are going to be things that will last forever in your life. That God's purposes are long-range. And you know what? God's purposes are eternal and he wants you to practice living those purposes here on earth now because that's what you're going to be doing in eternity. Let me say that again just to make it clear. On earth, God wants you to practice the things that you're going to do in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever. This life now is just the warm-up act. It's kind of the kindergarten. It's the preschool. It's kind of the dress rehearsal. God says, I have plans and purposes for you that will last forever, that are eternal, that they'll never stop. Your body may stop breathing. Your body may lose its life out of it. But that's not the end of you. No way. You're more than your body. You were made to last forever. Eternally. The Bible says that his purposes last eternity, eternally. And you can write this down. God says, I was made to last forever. I was made to be loved by God and I was made to last forever. Now, this life is not all that there is. One of the biggest ways you can waste your life is living as though this is all there is, as though there's nothing else. Do you know, if you compare your life to the rest of eternity, it would be like if we took a, a line from Western Australia and we put it out to the left, right over the Indian Ocean, all the way to South Africa. And if we took that line and we just went one millimetre along that line, that one millimetre is shorter than your life here on Earth compared to the whole rest of eternity. You are made to last forever. And this life that we have is so short compared to the rest of eternity. You're not going to find that in a self-help book. You're not going to find those kind of things. But this life is a preparation. And these 40 days, we're going to talk about how you can prepare for eternity, how you can, can prepare for life after death, because this is not all that there is. God's purposes are eternal. They last forever. And this is the key meaning to life. 
realising that life is a preparation for eternity. The Bible says it. Now I want you to notice this in 2 Corinthians 5, 1. When this tent we live in, our body on earth is torn down, God will have a house in heaven for us to live in, a home he himself has made which will last forever. You want to know how much you matter to God? Well, I'll tell you. You matter to God so much that he wants to keep you with him for the rest of eternity. He wants you to be with him forever. He wants to keep you forever. This gives you our lives meaning. Uh, This brings us meaning to know that the God of the heavens and earth, the creator of the heavens and earth, wants you to be in relationship with him, not just for this life, but for life eternal. Now Proverbs 9 and 6 says, leave your impoverished confusion and live. Walk up the street to a life of meaning. Let's leave behind the short-term thinking, inward-looking, mystical approaches, and let's step up to living the life that God has planned for us. Come alive to what he wants in your life. So the question of existence, why am I alive? And God answers it and he says, I made you to love you. The question of significance, does my life really matter? And and the answer to that question is God says, yes, you matter so much that I intend on keeping you alive for the rest of eternity. You're going to be around for a long, long time. So then comes the third question, the question of intention. What is my purpose? Why am I here for? Why on earth am I here for? And that's what we're going to spend the the next 40 days looking at. In Psalm 89 and verse 47, David asked the question, why did you create us? For nothing? Now, David wasn't talking to himself when he said that. He was talking to God and he's asking God, did you create us for nothing? And probably the greatest uh, atheist philosopher, his name um, Bertrand Russell, a, a great Englishman who didn't believe in God at all, said this. He said, unless you assume the existence of God, the question of life's meaning and purpose is irrelevant. You see, if there is no God, you're just a freak of nature. You're just chance. You're really nothing more than complex pond scum. Just, you know, our life doesn't matter if there is no purpose in life. If somebody wants to take your life, they could. Doesn't matter. Because there's really no reason or no meaning if you don't know, if there is no purpose. But the truth is there is a God. And God made you for a reason. He made you for a purpose. The only way you're going to know his purpose is by first looking to him. We're going to play a little game now. I wonder if uh, we can um, light up this section here for a minute. Is that all right? And I'm going to put that up there now. Norman, I wonder if you could come up here for a minute, Norman. Here's an object, Norman, I'm going to show you. And I just wonder, we'll move over here, hey? I would just wonder, Norman, if you could have a look at that and just tell me with your very best guess what you think that is. What, what's its purpose? No, no telling anyone. If I was a little fellow, I'd say it was to help me on with my shoes. <laughs> Great. That's a good guess. But you're completely wrong, Norman. I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's got little jagged edges at the end and you can see it up there. Anyone know what it is? Oh, I've got orange peeler. What, what is it? It's a lettuce corer. But if you didn't know that, Norman, you might jagger your heels and do all that. But don't go away, Norman, because I've got another question for you. <laughs> Norman, I'm wondering if you can tell me what this objective. Ha- have, a, have a good look there. Give it your best guess there, Norman. It might be helpful at the end of getting your teeth out, uh, getting the meat out of your teeth. 
I've got no idea. That's good, but you could jab your teeth and get yeah. stuck up there, couldn't you? Well, it's actually, anyone know? Orange peel. Orange peel. Some of you guys in Tupperware? <laughs> well, I challenge you on our next one, okay, if you're in Tupperware. This is an orange peeler. Is it? So the way it works is you grab your orange and you've got just enough to go boom down and move it around and it all just digs just right to the right amount. And then you get this end and you scoop it out and mm. pull out the pieces there. It's amazing, they, isn't it? They never had it in my day. No, they didn't. <laughs> Don't go, Norman. One more, one more. Okay, Norman, I want you to have a look at this one and uh, have a real good look. A, a potty? <laughs> A potty for your, for your guinea pig, maybe. Uh, it's uh, for the inside of a machine that you turn the switch on and it whizzes around. You're right. No, no, I'm only... <laughs> Anyone want to have a go at this one? Hand up. Egg cup? Egg cup? No. What's it? Egg cup? Yep, no, it's not an egg cup. I knew I'd get you. Come on, Tupperware people. Egg separator. Egg separator. No, I'll tell you what it is, right? This is a very important thing. I'll just put that here for you so you can see. And next time you have problems at tea, trying to get the bottom part of your hoisin sauce out, you'll wish you had one of these things, which keeps it up and get this. So I'll be selling that after the service. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank, let's give Norman a big round of applause. Well, just in case uh, you didn't know that, see Tupperware haven't even thought of that one, have they? We'll keep that to ourselves. Now, what about this one? Anyone else want to have a go at that one? Yes. The first radio, the first radio ever invented? That's a great guess. I reckon that's a good one, but no, it's not. Anyone else? Yes? A chair. <laughs> great, great idea. The answer is, it's a vacuum tube tester. How come nobody knew that? Last one. What does that work? There must be some electrical people that can tell us what this works. Yes. Pardon? Power supply, you're exactly right. Let's give him a round of applause. It's good to know it's a power supply, but what for? It's a power supply for powering radio equipment, okay? Now listen carefully, because there's a, a point to all this fun. <laughs> Here's the point. If you don't know something's purpose, it's likely to be abused. Like, Norman would have hurt himself with that peeler, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's why so many people, frankly, today are abused. Because we don't understand what our purpose in life is. And people get abused because we don't realise why we're here. Once people know their purpose in life, we won't misuse or abuse each other. That's the first point of that little illustration. But the second thing is... The only way you're ever going to find out the purpose to some of these things is to actually ask the person who made them or go to the instruction manual to find out how it actually works and what its purpose is. You either talk to the creator or the inventor of it or you read the owner's manual. That's the only way you're ever going to find out your purpose in life. Did you know that? Uh, it's not going to get it by looking in self-help books. Because they just say, create a purpose, make up a purpose. Whatever you can think of is the best. You know, the survivalist says the purpose of life is just staying alive. In other words, live as long as you can. The naturalist says the purpose of life is to perpetuate itself. In other words, you're just here for biological re reasons. The rap artist Ice-T uh, Ice said, um, the only reason we're here is to reproduce. He said... Just chill out and reproduce. Keep the species alive. Doesn't that just motivate you to want to jump out of bed each morning? Um, maybe it motivates us to jump into bed. I don't know. 
<laughs> you know, the, the hedonist writes, hey, life's just all about having fun. We've got to party, make the most, as many parties as we can. And the materialist says, hey, life is all about just acquiring as much as we can, bigger farms, better cars, better toys for us to live. But, you know, the truth is, the only problem is that uh, whoever dies with the most toys still dies. No, you know, the, the truth is we're not going to find our meaning for life anywhere else but from the, the, the one who made it. And looking in the owner's manual, the Bible, we've got to look to the Bible, which is God's owner's manual, which tells us what our purposes are. That's the only way we're ever going to find out our purpose in life. Well, and everybody loves Raymond. They keep trying to find out the purpose. Let's see how they do in this last clip that we have from them. Stop. Look, it turns out Allie doesn't want to know how we get here. She wants to know why we're here, why God put us on Earth. And she's waiting for Ray to answer her. What's wrong with you? It's simple. Oh, okay, yeah. We're going to learn the meaning of life from a guy who once threw his shoe at a swan. <laughs> That's called protecting your sandwich. <laughs> Listen to me. Here's what life is. You're born, you go to school, you go to work, you die. That's it. That's all. Cannoli Marie. <laughs> Listen, we're not talking about what we do while we're here, Dad. Yeah, yeah, the big question is why we're here in the first place. You know, I've spent many a night lying in bed thinking about this kind of stuff. Life's imponderables. Where are we, Where are we in the big scheme of things? I think Allie's too young to be worrying about things like this. No, I'm proud of her. I love it that she's such an independent thinker. If she's so independent, why can't she figure this out herself? <laughs> Ray, listen, just get up there and tell her that God put us on Earth to help each other. It's simple, it's direct, it's a good way for her to live her life. Well, what are you telling me that God said, hmm, Earth, let's see, what should I put there? Hmm. That's your God? <laughs> yeah. No way. It's got to be deeper and cool. Hello, I'm God. Keep going, Raymond. I think you're a wonderful God. Thank you. Thank you. So what did God say? Hey, uh, I'm going to put some humans on Earth so they can help each other. Or I could just skip humans altogether and go hit a bucket of balls. Oh, I know. It's all in the Bible. You ever think about space? What is it? Is it really endless? I mean, if you had a spaceship, could you go flying and flying through space forever? Why don't you give it a shot? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding around here. I mean, how can space go on forever? And if it doesn't, then what's at the yeah. end, huh? Stop it, Robbie. You'll give yourself a tummy ache. <laughs> what about the beginning of time? What was it before that? Before time? Nothing? I mean, what is nothing? How could there be nothing? This doesn't bother anybody else? Okay, everybody, listen to me. Listen. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay, okay, okay. Let there be light. It might take me a minute more. A minute more, Marie? Religious scholars spend their entire lives trying to answer this question. You're not just going to flip through the Bible and find the meaning of life. Oh, ye of little faith. That's in here somewhere, too. <laughs> wow, well, she did a few things right. She did two things right. First of all, she went to the Bible. And she actually started secondly with the right verse. As she says, in the beginning, if she read, God. In the beginning, God created. If those words hadn't been there, guys, we wouldn't even be discussing the meaning of life. We wouldn't be discussing your purpose in life this morning if in the beginning God didn't create. It all begins with God. It all starts with God and it all continues with God. The Bible says, and you can look in your outlines, in Proverbs 9, 10, 
And why don't we read, why don't you read with me? Knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. You want to understand the meaning of life? You want to understand the purpose of your life? You can write this down. You can find purpose by getting to know God. By getting to know God. It all starts with God. Look at the next verse, Colossians 1 and 16. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything God started in him and finds, read it with me, its purpose in him. Look at the next verse. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Part of the overall purpose, he, that's God, is working out in everything and everyone. If you want to know your purpose in life, start getting to know God. The more you get to know God, the more you're going to understand the ways and the wisdom of God. And the more you're going to understand your meaning and purpose in life and the meaning and purpose of life. And the more you understand everything else that the Bible says, knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. You're not going to learn it from some talk show. You're not going to learn it from tea leaves. You're not going to learn it from a seminar. You're not going to learn the meaning of life from any of these ways. The only way you're going to learn it is by... Going to God, starting with God. It all starts with God because everything in this life is all about him. In the beginning, God. It's all about God. Forty days for the rest of, decide, to find out about God's purposes that will last us for the rest of our lives right through Eternity. That's why we decided as a church to stop all other activities and to focus on what God's purposes for our lives are. And last week, you remember at the end of the service, we kind of gave you an opportunity to fill out a commitment card. One of the things that you did there was you signed committing to three things. You said, hey, I'm going to uh, read my book, The 40 Days of Purpose. I'm, I'm committing for the next 40 days to read one chapter out of this book, The Purpose Driven Life. You also said, hey, yeah, I'm committing to come each Sunday morning to hear together with everyone else about God's purposes for my life, the seven messages. And, and you committed that last week when you ticked off uh, that card. And the third thing you committed to last week was you said, hey, I want to be part of a small group, uh, a home, host home group. I want to meet with others in, in someone's home as, each week as, as we did that. And we received... So many commitment cards last week. And we've got a banner as you walk in showing the, the people who are committed and, and showing that. And each week as you come in, remember that you committed yourself for these 40 days. Now, some of you may have thought, hey, it was too soon last week to commit. And if you want to commit this morning to spending the next 40 days, there is a couple of ways you can do it. We'd love you to just go to the information desk on your way out and get a I'm committed card and just tick those three uh, places to say, I'm with the rest of you. I'm committing to the 40 days to find out what God's purposes for my life are. Another thing that we'd love you to do is register. If you haven't registered, you can still register today and with your $12 you get a book and you get uh, also the key rings and you get to participate in part of a group and you get a study guide to, to do that as well. You can still do that today to find out about God's purposes in your life. Uh, today too, if you signed that card last week, we just want to take some moments now for you to sign, uh, to, to fill out this card here. You'll notice in your news sheet, you've got a new card this week. I, I suppose one of the things we just wanted to do was to realise that, hey, with so many people coming to uh, the church over this, this time, we just wanted to have a record that you've come and many of you uh, committed to coming each week and we just want to uh, have a record that you were here this time. There are so many other things you could fill in. There's ways of you just communicating with us. If you want to let us know something, there are things. There's prayer needs as well you can fill out as well. This card we're going to use regularly. And we'd love you just to take a moment now.
to fill in your name and your address and then um, just to, to let us know that you were here. Why don't we just take a few moments as you grab your pen and just complete that card right now. That would be great. And in just a moment, we're going to be having those taken up. Our offerings are going to be collected and you can put those into those offerings. But as you fill those out each week, just, just remember you're, you're continuing your commitment that you made. You're being here and that's great. And you have a way of communicating with us. If there's anything else you just want to fill in those cards, that's great. Hey, I wonder just in these moments, would all, all those who have agreed in these next 40 days to actually... Uh, host a home in their own home. If you're uh, inviting people into your home and you're having a group in your home, I'm wondering if you could just stand where you are. That would be great. If you could just stand up if you're hosting a home, if you're uh, taking people into your home over these next 40 days and having a group. I just want to say, way to go, guys. Let's give them a, a round of applause. Stay up, stay up, that would be great. Yeah, if you could stay standing, that would be good. We just want to say thank you, and we just want to spend a moment now to pray for you as, uh, as you spend these next 40 days. Some of you have never hosted a group before. Some of you are probably nervous and, and worried about all that, and we just promise now we're not going to wreck your house and <laughs> all the rest of us. But we just want to say thanks for giving this time. Why don't we pray for you now? God, we want to praise you. Uh, and thank you for these host home groups. And as they uh, invite people into their homes, we pray that it might be such a close um, and warm environment in their homes. We pray that as they lead groups, that many people in the groups would start to find what your purposes for their lives are. God, we thank you for these people. Give them strength. Give them courage as they do this. We pray and ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to let you know too, um, take your seats again, that's great. If you are a host home um, today, um, a host home person, and you've got more key rings, we'd love the extra back, and you can just put them in the information desk. Some people got more than they should have had, and that'd be great. And if you've got any spare books, bring them back. We're really, we're really finding that hard uh, to ensure that everybody gets them. So if you have extra ones, bring them back at all. Hey, I believe this is going to be some of the most incredible times for you and I as we start to come together for the next 40 days. And what a great time for us to be able to say, God, at the beginning of these 40 days, we belong to you and we want to find out what your purposes are in my life. Why don't we just reflect now on... Um, well, as, we, as we go into the 40 days, reflect on the fact that we belong to God and we're wanting to find our purposes in him. Why don't you just stay and we will reflect on this as we have an item for us now. Thanks, Mason.